No, it's great to be in the carnage house. I love a bit of carnage. Boys and girls, welcome back to your favourite podcast. It's the Carnage House podcast. I'm your host, Dougal Cameron. Today we are interviewing the lovely and powerful Evelyn Ray. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, Evelyn is uh, an author at Cauldron Pool, an ex-police officer, a uh, Twitter extraordinaire. I saw you do actually a uh, backflip on Twitter today, which <laughs> was very impressive. Thank you. I, I don't think I've ever done a backflip or ever gotten close. Pretty bad <laughs> genetics. Um, but today we're going to talk about a bunch of things. We've got uh, policing, because Evelyn was a former police officer. We've got Christianity and Cauldron Pool and Evelyn's journey into becoming a cultural and political commentator. And we've got your favourite segments as well, the beta male of the week, the alpha male of the week, uh, and fan questions. Now, beta male of the week only if you're on Patreon, as a thanks to our supporters. And, you know, that content's a bit too red hot for YouTube, so that's where you need to go. Link in the description. And that's all the uh, housekeeping I think I need to do before we get this uh, going. Um, so thanks very much for joining us. I want to give a quick shout-out to Cauldron Pool as well because they're helping me in my work, doing some stuff for Craig Kelly, and they've been awesome for Craig Kelly. I don't know if you've been involved. I know Rod's done a lot, but yeah. big shout-out to Cauldron Pool. I like them a lot. Yeah, yeah. Rod's pretty on top of it all. Yeah, and Ben. Um, I haven't had uh, the pleasure of doing it personally myself, but yeah, we're all very much for supporting him and what he's doing. So yeah. Mm, well, that's good because I wanted to talk about uh, policing first off, and this is kind of one of the, the places Craig can get in trouble is being uh, anti-lockdown, and um, you know, there's. I want to talk about lockdowns separately later on and the policing involved around lockdowns because we've got a fan question about it. But I do want to talk about police to start off. And police over the past, let's say, 18 months or a year have been copying a lot, mm. um, particularly in America, but to some extent in uh, Australia. Um, and what, from a police officer's perspective, like how do you kind of see that? Uh, do you think some of that anger towards the police is justified or not? Or what's, what do you feel like? Um, so, yeah, it's been a topic where I'm quite torn um, because, you know, like it's, it's really hard to sort of understand until you've, you know, you've served or, you know, whether it be military or police or some other form of emergency services. But there is this like camaraderie, there is this morale, like you all bleed blue. Um, and it's something that you can't shake. I did almost 12 years. So like I have like a real heart and soul for the police. And um, I think most of them do a great job. But then on the other hand, as a Christian conservative and somebody who prefers small government, um, it's really hard to not be disappointed at the same time with things that we're seeing the police doing um you know all the videos that are coming out especially in victoria um you know and yeah i'm sort of torn it's a bit different american policing to sort of policing in australia like i think culturally they're two different things like it's very hard to compare them i think american police um everything that happened with the George Floyd um, incident kind of really um, made me want to defend the police um, because, you know, one bad apple doesn't make the whole bunch a bad lot and I think that's what we saw. But then in Australia, yeah, I've been really disappointed with some of the arbitrary um, restrictions and the enforcement of them. So very torn on the matter, if I'm honest, completely mm. honest. Yeah, well, I mean, I saw... Um 
Ben Shapiro do actually quite, and uh, and there's sometimes where I don't like Ben, but sometimes where I really do. He did a really good breakdown of the Derek Chauvin trial, and mm. I thought there would probably be a decent chance he would get off in terms yeah. of reasonable doubt yeah. that you you know George Floyd had so much like three times or four times the lethal dose of fentanyl in his system, mm. but it almost seemed like. Uh, you, you know, and, and that's the only reason I bring that up is because that might be considered reasonable doubt, where most people would look at what Chauvin did and be like, you know, really, you know, that's not how you should have gone about it. Could easily, in most people's eyes, be murder, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, we will get to Victoria, but in, um, like, how do you think uh, police can... Uh, do you think the policing problem is... Like, when I say policing problem, the relationship between the police Mm. and civilians is, like, uh, is the same in Australia as it is in America, or do you think there's a big difference? I think there's a big difference. I think that um, the standard of, I guess, your employment is different. So, and again, culturally speaking, like, we don't have the same gun problems that America has. we do have guns in Australia, don't get me wrong, I had a colleague shot and killed um, by an illegal firearm, so I'm not saying that they're not here in Australia, but, you know, every single vehicle stop in America, every single police officer has to kind of approach it on edge and with the, you know, full belief that they're most likely going to have a weapon in the car, whereas in Australia we can kind of go up to a car and, you know, knock on the window and we don't have that sort of uh, stress, I guess you would say. So I don't like to judge too much on how Americans deal with it in comparison to Australia because I think it's very different. But in terms of um, a lot of the issues that we're seeing with police, like in today's day and age, I think 99% of the problems that we have, like the bad negative things with the police, could be squashed and finished if the whole recruitment process was completely different. Our recruitment processes here, and I'm guessing in America as well, I think are... changing and I think it's gone from quality to quota unfortunately and I think that um, people who shouldn't be police are being recruited because on paper they might tick all of the boxes that's required Um, but you know put them on the street and you know they've got a tin can and a marble for a brain and they've got no idea how to actually be a good operator so I think yeah most of the problems we're seeing in Australia is poor recruitment and people who probably should not be in the job. So is that um, like identity quotas in particular? <laughs> um, I think there's lots of things. Look, when I joined, I was 18. I was probably the quota, to be honest. Like I was an 18-year-old girl and I got through um, and there were probably men who were tradies or whatever else who may be really good who I got in before. And I'm happy to admit that. But, you know, I think that um, my service record and what I did show that I wasn't in the end the the quota, so to speak. But I think... You know, that was a long time ago that I joined and it's gotten even worse since then. So why did you as an 18-year-old decide to join the police? Probably to annoy my parents a bit, I think. Um, I grew up with a family who were in emergency services. Um, I grew up with a dad who was, so I kind of knew no different and I really was interested in law. Um, started sort of studying criminal law and decided I just could not represent criminals, so I may as well lock them up instead. So that's sort of how really? it happened. Yeah. And how did that how did that go for you? What type of things were you doing throughout those twelve years? 
Um, yeah, so I sort of started off, everybody has to start off on, on the beat, you know, beat cop um, on the street. And then um, after a few years, I became a detective and I worked at a lot of organised crime, child sex crimes, um, gangs. Um, and yeah, I basically... Uh, was uh, not seen and did things behind the scenes and then... Right. Did you see yeah. that stuff come out like the last couple of days, the Operation Ironside stuff, where they just locked up like hundreds of international criminals? Yeah, it, it ha sometimes you will work on something for a good couple of years and it's like a protracted investigation, a strike force or something, and then it all comes down at the same time and it's like, boom, mm. it's like it's been going on for a while. So, people, yeah, cops work really hard at it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can imagine. Well, they did a good job this time in actually tricking a lot of the criminals to using their their own encrypted messaging app. So they got they tricked yeah. like some criminals into telling all these other criminals that they need to go and use this. Uh, I think it's called Acon or a Anon or something like that. And anyway, so there's this one poor bastard who goes and tells all of his other crime friends to use this app that the FBI has um has got, and then they just pinned them all, and then. The uh, Australian police come out and say, we recommend this guy turns himself in because he's probably a target and that guy's definitely already dead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, mm. But anyway, um, not a funny story, but kind of funny. Um, <laughs> now, this is one of... Uh, this is a segment where we give back. This is called the Penthouse Alpha Male of the Week. Now, this is the latest cover of... Sorry, the latest edition of Penthouse, Autumn Edition. Now, I've got a feeling... Uh, Evelyn is going to have some potentially ideological problems with Penthouse, which I'm happy to flesh out later on. And I want to just be clear, this is a Carnage House-endorsed uh, Penthouse, not a Cauldron Pool or Evelyn Ray-endorsed Penthouse. <laughs> but this is a Penthouse Alpha Male of the Week, and we give it to the person who... We give it to the commenter, the, the person from our audience who nominates someone or something for being, you know, standing up for, for the good in the world um, and someone who's done something probably based... And I asked, uh, from the audience this week, we actually got an interesting uh, response. Tommy C. He said, uh, well, I am a straight guy, so I don't actually have an alpha male in my head, and I live in Taiwan. You guys don't send magazines to Taiwan, right? My alpha male would be myself or Will Smith, because we are both funny and easy to talk to. <laughs> I hope the CCP doesn't block my post randomly because I am an alpha guy myself. And so I just thought that was very funny, Tommy C. And we're going to find a way to send it to Taiwan. And you're going to get your magazine. Great job. If you want to get your penthouse magazine next week to anyone watching, comment who's the alpha male of the week and why, and you go into the running. Um, it's a very wholesome segment. You know, it's one of my favourites. <laughs> Good on Tommy C. Confident. Tommy C. Great unit. Um, so now I want to talk to you about, um, I guess, your transition. Did you go straight out of um, police into, like, commentary? Or what What happened to you? I want to understand how, how you got into court and pool and commentary. Yeah, so I resigned from the police um, and was just going about my life um, post-policing and um, kind of just got caught up in it. I couldn't help myself the way that the world's going and it started off as something that I just thought would be you know like a hobby just commentating not commentating but you know having an opinion and kind of putting it out there and um so did you start posting on Facebook I know that's how Joel our friend Joel started is that what you started yeah pretty much I started out on Facebook I didn't really have Twitter or anything at that stage um and yeah just started kind of um 
yeah, branching off in, into those things. And if I found a subject that I felt particularly, um, I guess I had some form of authority to speak on, like something that I had studied or I had experience in, I would write an article and, and have it published. Um, and that's kind of where it all came from. And, um, and then Facebook decided to censor me when I started posting about South Africa. Uh, yeah. The, the farmers in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. It, that was the hill that I died on. Mm. So I uh, got a few breaches literally for just posting like a farm attack. Um, and it was oh, it was too violent or too gruesome. And I was just... It, anyway, the whole Facebook debacle is uh, thorn mm. in the side. Mm. But yeah, that kind of was the hill that I died on. And then they cut my you know, my views and my reach. And so then I branched onto Twitter and I have no idea how I have not been done on Twitter so far because I'm a little bit more brutal on Twitter than I ever was on Facebook. But right. I've managed to survive thus far. Yeah, you are doing very well on Twitter, <laughs> but there's almost a sense like, uh, for example, when we're helping Craig a little bit with his social media, it's like you're almost certainly going to get banned. We need to set up backup accounts. We need to go onto alternative media platforms mm. like... Are you preparing in some type of way for your eventual banning or <laughs> what? Yeah, I well, I'm on Gab, so I've started um, Gab. And funny, I had I logged on the other day and there was a blue tick, and I was like, oh, really? That's nice. That Thanks, Andrew, nice. whatever his name who um, started Gab, great Christian fella. But um, yeah, I've got like a Telegram account, but I just they're basically inactive, but just there, lingering in the background for in case. Um, but yeah, I guess um, it's a bridge that I'll have to cross, you know, when I get there. I haven't really got a major backup plan other than that. Mm, well, yeah. good luck to you. Yeah, thanks. Um, and so you mentioned, um, you know, whoever, our, our friend who started Gap's a good Christian man, and you work at Cauldron Pool, which is mm. a specifically Christian news outlet. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so have you always been a Christian? Did you become a Christian? And what attracted you to like a specifically, like a news outlet that's specifically Christian to, to write for? Yeah. So um, like I grew up with a Christian family. I've always been in the church, but um, in all fairness and truthfulness, I probably took it on for myself in my early 20s. So, you know, like I, I've never been, I guess, a non-Christian, but there comes a point when you realise I'm only doing this because my parents did it. And then I'd say I took it on myself, um, yeah, in my early 20s. And the reason I like writing for Cauldron Pool is um, because they are so, like, unapologetically Christian. And I think part of what I believe the reason why we are where we are is because we have such a watered-down view of conservatism and I mean, I love libertarians. They're like my, they're like my buddy. They're like my best friend, <laughs> but we are very different. Like we, we, we are not the same. I think out of all the different ideological worldviews, we get along the best. We're like cousins, brothers, and we can coexist together, mm. but we're very different. And I think um, a lot of the reason why conservatism is sort of dying in Australia is because our side of politics, which is kind of where I think a lot of our the moral guidelines of society is crumbling at the foundations because most conservative people are becoming more, um, I guess, I don't like to say, like, we're, yeah, we're watered down and we're almost becoming just like 
lefties, mm. I guess. And so Cauldron Paul, I like that they are just unashamedly, this is where we stand on things. And if you don't like it, well, read something, read another news source. And so there's just nothing that they've posted that me, like I could personally say I disagree with or I don't like um, or I couldn't put my name to that. Um, so I'm quite comfortable sitting mm. there. Yeah, well, it is interesting. I heard someone say uh, the other day that uh, today's conservatives are just uh, progressives driving at the speed limit, <laughs> which I thought was yeah. actually quite good. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, is so it's called so. This is one thing I, I try to under, I try to ask people because it seems like it's really hard to make a dollar in political commentary yeah. now. Is cauldron pool like a day job for you, or is it a, a hobby, or what, what would you say it is? Um, no, it's not. It's not a day job for me. Um, none of us at Cauldron Pool get paid. Um, ben, who who runs Cauldron Pool, it's out of his pocket. So really? yeah, he pays the money to, um, you know, host the website and create the website and um, does it all. I know that um, he used to get paid for like Facebook ads or things like that. It wasn't much, but it was a little bit of something. But then Facebook, like they do, censored. So that's completely gone. So all of us um, do it you know, for the for the love and the sport of it, I guess. So mm. yeah, it's um something that I think all of us who write at Culture Pool feel is necessary. Um, and none of us are kind of doing it for the purpose of money. I think most of us genuinely just want to make a better world for our kids and their kids. And um, this is sort of one way that we're all trying to contribute to that. Well, that's very wholesome. <laughs> See, Fiona, I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't say anything to that. That was just wholesomeness. Um, but I very much appreciate that, um, doing your bit to, to save the world. And you have been, um, you know, uh, on, on Sky News a little bit recently. Um, how does that make you feel? Oh, yeah, a bit surreal. Uh, it's a huge blessing. Like, I, I just feel so privileged to even be asked. I feel just like such a nobody who's just been given, like, you know, a little breadcrumb and I'm just a little peasant. I'm happy with whatever can come my way. But, look, I um, I think, you know, it's I, – I like if more conservatives can kind of have this type of voice. So I'm really grateful for the opportunity because – you know, Sky, I think, is um, a fantastic news source. I think it's probably the only semi-mainstream media in Australia that you can rely on. I, like, And, um, you know, there's lots of alternative medias and mm. things like... So who do you uh, like on Sky? Because there's, there's a few people I, I don't mind, some people I have mixed feelings about. Who do you like? I'm going to have a guess. I'm going <laughs> to say you might like Rowan Dean. Do you like Rowan Dean? Love Rowan Dean. He's... Mm. Um, He's just like a fighter. I really like that he is just unapologetic and so bold. And um, yeah, he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he um, holds back from what he thinks because people are telling him to. I love that he has an opportunity to actually speak his mind and not, you know, do it in halves because he has to worry about mm. his job or losing his job. I think it's he's a bit like Tucker Carlson, mm. you know, like he just yeah, he just kind of has this platform and can just go for it. And I think it's great. But I don't really have anything bad to say about anyone there, but I do really appreciate um a lot of their commentaries over there and some mm. things that they talk about. Yeah. Mm. Now one thing I did want to ask you is um I remember a little while ago I just saw it come up on my Facebook feed. You started getting in a little bit of hot water about 
some comments about potentially traditional gender roles and things like that. Um, I mean, I think I think it's pretty interesting in terms of like you are someone who has spent a long time as like a cop, which is arguably a very masculine like yeah. profession. I'm a um, walking contradiction. <laughs> yeah, you, maybe you, maybe you are. Um, but do you think? I guess my my final kind of question before I get to some to some fan questions and then beta mail of the week is like. It's one thing I haven't made up my mind on in that when I look at kind of gender roles, like I think it's very difficult to say that, you know, one person should be doing this, one other gender should be doing this because at the end of the day, you're kind of all your own person and I kind of like from penthouse, I believe, do what you want, don't care about social, you know, um, uh, what do you call it, social conditioning or whatever. But at the same time, I also think there's like usually like potentially a masculine energy like a feminine energy some things that they're usually both better at though maybe not all the time so like i i'm i'm kind of open to the idea although i'm you know i'm not sure but what do you think about um finally just just the hot question of of kind of gender roles and how christianity yeah. plays into that do i come across masculine do i give that vibe no <laughs> you don't <laughs> um, well, to be fair probably <laughs> could beat me up um i could with two fingers um but yeah that's a it's a good question and i'm more than happy to to answer it um i i have i had a career a very successful career um i was in a male dominant industry um and i did well for myself i didn't let people down and people could rely on me um however the problem that i think with the gender roles is um there's not an equal standard and this is the problem that I have. I don't care what women do and what men do, but there should be a standard that you have to meet and whoever gets there can win. And sure, there will be some women that can get there and some men that can't. And then that woman should get it. It should be the best person for the job. And when I joined the police, I had a different physical standard of entry to men. And not many people might know this, but I was allowed as a woman, I didn't because I was stubborn and I was actually fit back then. But I could, if I wanted to, to get into the police, do push-ups on my knees, whereas the men had to do it on their feet. See, that to me is complete and utter crap and nonsense. That's what I don't like. And Unfortunately for women, like we are built differently to men. But if there are women out there who are built sufficiently to men and can, and can match men, then I have absolutely no issue with what women do in, with their life and with their career. I think when um, women make a decision to become a wife and a mother, I think that their career should never overtake that. I think that um, women, if they want to be a mum, you should be a mum and your career should never come at the cost of your child. If you can have the best of both worlds, which I very much doubt, then I have absolutely no issue um, with women who work. But I think it's when women choose to be selfish and, you know, be, be a mum and then basically pop the kid out, shove it in daycare, you know, from six till six a day and then they work on their career. That's where the gender role thing, I have an issue because I think that, you know, it's almost the way that modern feminism has sort of um, made this topic. It's like a lesser thing to be a mum than to have a career. And I think that's really backwards. I think that being a mum is the best job that a woman can ever have. If some women don't want it, I, I couldn't care less. Do what you want. But if you make a choice to be a mum, that's when I think if you can have a career and be a mum, no problem, but it's when women have the me time and the 
and, and you know, I got to work on my career, so I'm going to shove my kid in daycare and have it indoctrinated or that's where I have issue. But again, if there is an even playing field and there is one standard and women can get there, go for it. I, I, I got there, so I have no issue with it. But um, yeah, I don't know if, you, if I dribbled on too much then, if you have anything you want to clarify. No, I think that's but very good. We're actually famous on this show for dribbling <laughs> and you are... Uh, you certainly <laughs> did not dribble. Um, well, thank you very much. We've got one more segment, some, just a couple of fan questions before we uh, wrap this up and do Beta Mail of the Week, which is only available on Patreon. Um, is, uh, okay, so firstly, this is, it's kind of, we almost got into it, but I had my try my best to avoid it. So my buddy Lock McDonald, he says, uh, given the controversial debate of policing in Australian society during the COVID era, and the associated lockdowns that have occurred, do you, like, support the strict policing measures in some states? Or if you don't, um, like, how can you justify letting the virus uh, run around um, like it did in the UK or, or the US or, or wherever? Yeah, so um, I am very much against all of the arbitrary restrictions. But I very much try to approach this with a little bit of understanding because, as I said, I have this camaraderie, this morale, and I understand the recruitment process. Cops are joined and basically trained to think a certain way, and the way that cops are trained is to do basically do what they're told. So I don't necessarily think it's the individual officer's fault in all cases. I have seen videos where I'm like, that bloke or that chick right there should be sacked. And I'm more than happy to call out the bad apples when I see them. But I think a lot of the problems that are faced with the police, especially that we've seen during COVID, is just a consequence of the recruitment process and the training of the police. We're not independent thinkers like we should be. We've lost the ability to harness our, our right as a police officer to use discretion. And that's something that I think, again, could be fixed um, if you kill the weed at the root. I think if we just go after you know, and say all cops right now during COVID are really bad. That's almost just like ripping the, the weed out without the root. It's just going to keep growing back in the same issues. I like to focus on um, what could actually stop these particular things because right now there is such a, a gap between police and civilian and it's really dangerous because it's like... I say this, if you want to make enemies with police, you better start making friends with criminals because that's what you're going to be left with. Um, and at the same time, you know, I, police need to have the trust of the people. That's their job to protect the people. And I'm more of a belief that the government should be, and in, that includes the branch of the police, should be there to protect our freedoms and rights, not hinder them. And the only way that police should hinder freedoms and rights is when people have broken the law and then they've lost that right and that's why they get locked up. Um, so, yeah, it's a um, tricky topic for me um, because I, I guess I have more of an insight and understanding of the, the brain of a police officer. I thankfully became a detective pretty early on and I worked with some amazing people where I did, where we were independent thinkers but the cops that are just kind of coming through the academy really quickly and then just getting thrown into these busy metropolitan areas on the beat and they've got cops that are like only one or two years senior to them, training them. It's just this really bad habit and culture that the police 
uh, breeding, but very much I'm against the arbitrary restrictions. They're actually, I don't know, um, I'll send you the link later and you can maybe put it up, but there are actually like a group of police in New South Wales who have actually actually suing the government for making them enforce these arbitrary restrictions. Really? So yeah, there were some New South Wales police, there are two or three officers who actually wrote an official letter to the Supreme Court and they've actually employed these lawyers and they're doing like a full like Royal Commission type suing of the Australian government for imposing the police on having to enforce these stupid COVID restrictions. And I think we should take our hat off to that because these particular police, I actually tried to call them and I wasn't allowed to speak to them because of how serious it is. I don't know whether they've been punished or whether they're you know, being branded as something. But I think it's really encouraging to see that there are some really decent cops who are actually really against it, so much to the point where they've started a petition and they're getting other cops to sign it and all these police are actually taking it to the court so that they don't have to enforce these things anymore. 100%. Mm. Um, so, uh, well, that's that's a very <laughs> comprehensive answer, Lockie. You better be very happy with that. Um <laughs> Now, the second question is from Kingdom Clothing, and we appreciate those boys. They gave us some free T-shirts. Um, we like AJ, who runs that. So AJ Saker, I'm going to say his name instead of the Kingdom Clothing account. He asks Evelyn, will you date me, please? <laughs> I don't even know who it is, but um, is that a serious question? <laughs> Very serious. He's Very a cute serious. Guy. Can I tell you uh, what? As a, as a straight male, he is a cute guy. I I am not looking for for love, so I'm, I apologise, AJ. AJ, my boy, don't but I wish you, you I, a chance. I wish you all the best. Go to church and you'll find a really nice girl. Mm. That's mm. the best place. Yeah, <laughs> go to church, boy. Yeah. Probably the last That's thing you want to hear. That's um, my best advice. <laughs> Alrighty, thank you very much. I'm going to continue with Evelyn on beta mail of the week, which you can go find on Patreon. Links in the description. Um, what do, what do we need to cover? I'm always looking at Fiona. What's your social media that people can check you out on? You've got a good Twitter, which we'll put down in the description. I'll put a link to your articles on Cauldron Pool. You mentioned Gab. I'll throw a link in there. Yeah. You're verified. Yeah. Um, so you want the handle? or just Yeah, just tell people where they can find oh. you. Uh, yeah, just Twitter at Evelyn Ray, Facebook at Evelyn Ray, but you might not find me because I'm... Stonewalled. Um, Instagram. I only just started Instagram like at the start of the year, I think. Um, had to delete my account. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm on there slowly building it back up. We'll put all those links in the description. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. I was supposed to say that at the start of the video. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Carnage House Productions, Twitter. We're now on Twitter as well. Um, I don't think there's that much else. Thank you very much, Evelyn, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. No, it was a fun time. And uh, let us know what you think in the comments. Um, Alpha Mail of the Week, Win Your Penthouse uh, magazine. Anyway, enough dribbling. Peace. <laughs>